This episode of Cinema of Meaning is sponsored by NordVPN. Get four bonus months for free when you sign up at nordvpn.com slash cinema of meaning. What's the significance of the protagonist being white? The guy who mm-hmm. kind of saves the yeah. day and, and you know, uh, enacts justice being white. And does that muddy the waters a little bit? Um, or Or like the other question I would have is even if he's white, this movie is definitely coming from like a um the gaze of of an outsider coming into this community instead of like putting the actual native characters as the the protagonists of the story welcome to cinema of meaning the podcast that seeks to explore the depths of what cinema has to offer my name is Tom, you may know me as the creator of Like Stories of Old, and I'm joined by my fellow video essayist Thomas Flight to talk about Taylor Sheridan's Wind River. Before we begin, Cinema of Meaning is a Nebula original podcast, meaning that on Nebula you can listen to all of our episodes ad-free and a week early. And you'll also get access to monthly bonus episodes. We just did one on the Netflix show Beef, um, but you'll also find exclusive discussions on Fight Club, Babylon, All Quiet on the Western Front, and many, many more. Be sure to use our personal link in the show notes to get a $20 discount on a yearly subscription. I also want to shout out our Discord server, where we discuss movies with our listeners and we take the occasional suggestion. If you want to join our little community, the link for that is also in the show notes. Now, back to the show. Thomas, uh, Wind River, you... uh, We talked about this a while back, about covering this. Uh, I think you had it mistaken for a different movie that you didn't enjoy as much, or uh, did it turn out to be this one anyways? I was confusing parts of this movie, and I forget the name of it, but the, the last film, I think, from... Jeremy Saulnier, uh, which I really did not was like. Was it Hold the Dark? Hold the Dark, yeah, that was the name oh, of it. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, but I, when I rewatched this one, um, I, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I sorted it out in my mind. They're not, they're not even that similar. I think they both take place in places that are cold or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but my, my memory of this movie was very vague for some reason. I didn't remember a lot of the details. Even as it was playing out, I was like, I don't know what, I don't know what's about to happen. So I got, I got to watch it. Uh, I got to watch it a first time Fresh. for a second yeah. time. Uh, I remembered aspects of it, but, but I got all the major plot points were felt new to me. So I don't know what was mm-hmm. going on the first time I watched it. Um, but, uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. The, the the second time mm-hmm. uh yeah I, I think i've seen it like four times now oh wow Maybe okay even cool five. yeah yeah I'm, i i don't know why exactly but i'm a big fan of this movie um especially um because it's written and directed by taylor sheridan uh, i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing his last name correctly it might be sheridan i don't, sheridan? Yeah, I don't know yeah yeah i don't know um for those who don't know he is the writer of Sicario, um, Hello High Water, and Wind River, I think was the first, yeah, I'm not sure if it's technically his debut feature, but I think it's his first, you know, quote-unquote proper movie that he's directed, and um, yeah, I think he, he's just been a, a fan of mine since uh, all those movies, basically, and 
um so i was looking forward to what he would do as a director and um yeah to me he just didn't he didn't disappoint at all he disappointed me with the movie that came after this the uh, <laughs> those who wish me dead i think it was called but wind river i think is um excellent and i'm sure we'll get into this in more detail but for me i think it's so much more than just a murder mystery with some latent western elements i think it's very much a deliberate recontextualization of the western myth um in a way that i think um tackles in a really interesting way the lingering wound that was inflicted by the the conflict between americans and native americans back in the day right um and the way that still left scars that at this point have affected everyone without resolving anything really and the way i think that sort of cultural element is connected to the grief that is experienced by the loss of these characters uh for context the movie revolves around a young native woman who is raped and murdered and um jeremy renner he's kind of he's not on the case he's not a, a detective or anything but he is a hunter in that area and he is friends with the father uh and the mother he's he's basically friends with the family that lost their daughter and there's this new sort of rookie fbi agent coming into the scene uh played by elizabeth olsen and she she's kind of the fish out of water character and initially she brings jeremy renner's character um cory is his name in the movie um along just as a sort of guide um but you know you you kind of start to suspect or he, he literally states at some point that he has his own motive he's gonna catch that killer and he's just gonna um eliminate him basically right um but uh what i was gonna say is the thing about Jeremy Renner's character is that he was also married to a Native American woman and they also had a daughter together that was also killed um, in a similar looking case years back. Um, they're not connected, but it's just a, there's a shared sense of grief between these, between the father of this um, Native American girl that was uh, just killed as, in, at the beginning of the story. And the grief that is experienced by Corey, uh, again, that's Jeremy Renner's character, um, so many years earlier. Uh, and to me, the way that was kind of woven into into each other with um, this very solemn atmosphere, um, that kind of reminded me of the discussion uh, we had earlier about um, the assassination of Jesse James, this kind yes. of... A movie that just instant you instantly makes you feel melancholic, but almost in a kind of pl not pleasing is not the right word, but in a um, it, it it's an interesting movie to just vibe with on some level, and it it really draws you into that into the coldness, into the bleakness, but also, um, yeah. I'm not sure how to describe it. It's 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 a very effective effective movie, like or a very moving movie for me on that 
um, transport transportive level where it just really takes me into this place, takes me into this world, and then has me experience this story. Yeah, it's very. I mean, it's brutal. Uh, yeah. It's very dark, but that, but like you're describing, I don't know. The vibe feels different. The darkness is different than what you might expect if you were like, oh, this is a dark neo-Western, uh, you know, set in, um, is it Wyoming? Yeah, Wyoming, um, which the the Wind River Reservation is a, is a real, um, it's a real mm -hmm. reservation, a real place. But yeah, it's not, it's not maybe what you would expect if you, if you described that, but it captures and updates a lot of interesting sort of Western tropes set into a different place. Like there's a sequence that it would, you could very easily imagine being like, this is the sequence where they ride horseback through the woods, but it's, hmm. you know, snowmobiles cutting through uh, deep snow and pine trees. And um, there's, yeah, it, it has a very specific mood and atmosphere, but also like sense of place. This, this exact, not many movies are set in Wyoming or shot you know, in this kind of location in the snow. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it, it also just has a very specific kind of locale that it, that it, it manages to capture. Yeah. And what do you think like more thematically? What were the things about this movie that resonated for you? I think you, um, I think you, you touched on a lot of it. I think it has, you know, it's definitely the, the kind of front and center headline is, the 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 treatment of the native american people that are portrayed in this film uh and it's it's really thematically is mostly interested in not just the specific um you know it's very interested in the specific case that they're dealing with and kind of those specific issues um mm -hmm. it, it kind of touches on that at the end where uh there's no there's no ongoing documentation of Native American women who go missing. It's just like it's undocumented. So we have no idea how many we keep track of those numbers in America for every other group of people. But there's there. It's just completely undocumented. So it's kind of this problem that pe some people are aware of, but it's one that you couldn't even know the extent of the problem because so little attention is paid to it so it's dealing with that subject matter in this specific story directly uh which you know is linked to this larger real world problem and it's kind of examining that but it's also like touching on how that is this microcosm of this much larger dysfunction um mm -hmm. and uh so it's it's looking at that it's also really i think looking at kind of the relationship between justice or um, sort of law keeping, quote unquote, in a very practical, physical sense in, in the sense of in a natural sense, for lack of a better word. There's this link between like kind of the harshness of nature and um, sort of Jeremy Renner, like not being interested in like the justice afforded by the law, but the ju justice that can just be dealt through, you know, himself or through nature. Mm -hmm. um, so it's looking at kind of the 
relationship between those things. And that's really highlighted by sort of all the squabbling over land and who has jurisdiction and who's in charge and who's allowed to be there. Um, all of those things are very, yeah. very kind of front and center here. Yeah. Yeah. And what did you think this one, uh, one thing that I was interested in, especially as someone who is not American and who kind of looks at this whole history, you know, back in the day when I was a child, I used to play with these Playmobil cowboys and Indians, um, which to me at the time, they were both like equally exotic and equally mythical, I guess. Um, you know, because I'm, I'm not an American. I don't really right. have any other association with either one of those um figures as they are you know kind of exist become a in thing history, in, in, right yeah yeah in history and in kind of the mythology around them so um, but, but I, i'm guessing for many americans this this is a much more um much more touchy subject because they in some way or another are more in more directly connected to this history and um i was especially curious like what did you think of the Jeremy Renner character as this white, uh, I'm right. not sure if he's technically a white savior, but he's at the very least, I think, a white ally in this story. Yeah. Um, which there's, I think there's reasons to do that, reasons not to do that. Um, I'm just curious if you had any general thoughts um, about the way that whole thing plays out in this movie because right. it's a movie that deals with so many Native American issues, but at the same time, it does center Jeremy Renner as the white man who also has grief, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I, I was definitely thinking a lot about that. I was gonna, um, I was gonna bring it up later, but maybe we can just oh, get yeah. it, get it over with here at the beginning, and then we can. We I feel can like get yeah, because into this the is, actual it's video, it's one of the pressing issues, I think, and um, just because we were talking about yet, yeah, right? You said it, it, it it's sets the native uh it sets their experience front and center but then right. we this is also you know our first this is how we go into this this world so in in, in that sense yeah, it kind of yeah. makes sense to start with it because uh, jeremy renner is very much our the character through which we engage with this world and this story yeah yeah um i think you know i don't know if i have any personal experience which would give me any particular insight into this i think mm -hmm. like unfortunately this is not something that at least you know there's there's not a lot of education in america about um kind of the ongoing situation the ongoing what what this what this film portrays which is how the way american the American natives were treated as, um, you know, as America was colonized. And then as the, uh, as the American revolution happened specifically and the American government was established, the way that all of the natives were treated during that time has repercussions that still echo forward into today. And there's still this sort of like very present injustice that has never been mm -hmm. resolved that continues to, sort of create these conditions of, you know, oppression and underprivilege and, um, and creates a lot of pain. And 
so this movie is is engaging with all of that but there's there's not a lot of education about that and there's and native americans have not been given much of a voice in this country to talk about those things and so it's it's really not something that you at, at least in my experience will know a lot about as an american unless you kind of go out of your way to educate yourself hmm. uh to some extent on these things so in that context i think uh, this movie is a really interesting one because it's you know it's a Jeremy Renner movie. A lot of people are maybe yeah. coming over from watching, you know, him as Hawkeye or whatever. And then they're like, "Oh, what's this Jeremy Renner Western? And then yeah, that's two Avengers actually. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It has yeah. multiple, multiple MCU characters. <laughs> so if you're coming over from that and then you land in this movie and suddenly you're transported into maybe this world that is very real, but that you've never, encountered or has never been presented to you in any kind of popular media i think you know it's it it's very positive in the way that it portrays an unrepresented story in that way and i think that was very much taylor uh sheridan's goal and i and idea here and what he was um and what he was going for and there's a lot of people who praise the movie for that specifically there was even I was trying to research this and, and get a handle on like what some of the um, what some of the opinions were to also from hmm. from indigenous Americans. And I did the same, actually. <laughs> and there was some that I found that were like, hey, this is great. Mm-hmm. You know, um, according to Taylor Sheridan, he had, you know, direct interactions with Native Americans and. I mean, there's plenty of Native American actors in this. So in, they in obviously the have a, uh, a direct input in all this. I'm, I'm right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and he he tells stories of how he he got involved in the communities and had people kind of ask him directly, like, "Hey, you have a voice in Hollywood. Use that voice to to tell these stories." That's you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I saw an interview where, where he said that he was, you know, asked that. Um, so I think in that context, I'm saying all of this to say, like, I see, I think what this movie is doing within that context. And I think that is, um, is great. And there's a lot of people who are like, this is, you know, telling, getting this story out there in any kind of form is going to be better than it just like not existing at all. Um, but I did see some, I found at least one guy who, who is a um, registered Cherokee um, who actually, I, I live like a couple hours from a Cherokee uh, reservation here in North Carolina, which is where they originally were uh, their original land before the Trail of Tears happened and they were moved out, forcibly yeah, moved yeah. to the West. Um, but anyway, I found a post from him uh who he was kind of like acknowledging that stuff but also making more of a critique on the film um and i'll see if i can link to that in the the Mm. remember to link to that in the show notes but his perspective was kind of like good thumbs up but there's also room inevitably here for things to go a little bit further um and i don't want to spend too much time here i'll we'll i'll i'll wrap it up but like i think that would be my last question would be like really the the main critique i would have that i would level towards this movie if i was going to in this regard 
would be like, why is it necessary? Like, what's the significance of the protagonist being white? The guy who mm-hmm. kind of saves the yeah. day and, and, you know, uh, enacts justice being white. And does that muddy the waters a little bit? Um, or, or like the other question I would have is even if he's white, this movie is definitely coming from like a, um, the gaze of, of an outsider coming into this community instead of like putting the actual native characters as the, the protagonists of the story. Um, Mm -hmm. so like, you know, there, I guess like that would be my question. It was like, why not do that? Cause that seems like a great opportunity. And maybe the answer is like, well, then less white people would watch it because people yeah. want to watch Jeremy Renner be the, the the protagonist. I, you know, that's the that's like where all these issues of like representation and telling a story, but also appealing to like an audience that a lot of times, unfortunately, doesn't care about re- representation, um, mm. or like care about these stories. Uh, you know, you kind of have to balance like making something that maybe people who you know if you 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 know you could make the version of this that's like it's a drama that focuses on like jeremy renner's wife and the father and like the actual um the actual victim in the story but then that also to me is probably it's the kind of movie i would love to watch but Mm. it's it's also the kind of movie that like a lot of people wouldn't would never go to see um yeah so maybe then the message doesn't get as far anyway okay i'm I'm gonna end my big long monologue <laughs> yeah. rant on this <laughs> but Next. yeah the, the 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 short answer or the long the, the very long answer i guess is it's complicated and mm-hmm. i don't have like a clear-cut answer here it's just like whenever you deal with a story like this it's yeah it's it's complicated and people are going to have different yeah. opinions about what the best route is thank you to nordvpn for sponsoring this episode of cinema of meaning It's the summertime and vacations are coming up, so you might be traveling around this time, and one of the things you might run into if you're traveling out of your country is not being able to access the shows you normally have access to. Last year, I was traveling during the final season of Better Call Saul, and I was very excited to watch the latest episode, but when I went to watch it where I usually would, I got the very disappointing message, this content is not available in your region. This is so frustrating when it happens, but there's a solution to this, NordVPN. With NordVPN, if you're traveling in another country, you can just set your location back to your home country, and there you go, you have access to all the streaming shows you normally do. A VPN is a lot more than that, though. It's also an essential tool for keeping your online activities private and secure. NordVPN's threat protection shields you from malware trackers and ads, while the dark web monitor notifies you if your credentials have been leaked online in a security attack. With NordVPN, you can stay safe and connected no matter where you are. So if you're ready to grab this very helpful internet tool, you can go to nordvpn.com slash cinema of meaning to get our special deal on the two-year plan where you'll get four bonus months for free. I've been using NordVPN for years, and it's super easy to use. When you sign up, you'll get access to all of NordVPN's amazing features and their super fast servers, risk-free with their 30-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this offer. Click the link in the show notes or go to nordvpn.com slash cinemaofmeaning to sign up and get those four bonus months for free. Thanks again to NordVPN for sponsoring this episode. Now let's get back to the podcast. Yeah, I think it's true that from a or the, the reasonable counter-argument to all this um, 
is that from or like from an inclusivity point of view or raising marginalized voices point of view then i think it's fair to critique like why why is jeremy renner even there you know why not have the story be from the perspective of the dad who actually lost his daughter and maybe right. he was the hunter and um but yeah i think to that that would be the very boring and economical counterclaim that yeah but unfortunately the world as it is jeremy renner uh elizabeth olsen those are the kind of stars that draw more attention to a movie at least in the perspective of a investor i think it's still very much the convention that if you want to get a movie made if you want to get like funding you have to attach like a well-known or an established name to the project um and more generally aside from money and funding i think it's also just been a very very ingrained storytelling trope that whenever you venture into a unknown world at least from you know the writer and director in this case is a white person and you know here in the rest it's mostly white people what to us is an unknown world um you usually do that by having some sort of uh audience avatar that they kind of latch on to and then um have them be the kind of vessel to go exploring you know there's we see it in avatar you know, which is not just a movie about blue people. It's a movie about Jake Sully going into the land of the blue people. We, right. You see it in uh, The Way of the Samurai, where it's not just a, a story about Japanese samurai. It's about Tom Cruise going to the samurai, you know. And I think that there's some stories that have proven that this isn't necessary for an audience to enjoy something like this. Yeah. I think the... One, I'm not sure if this is the best example, but I'm thinking of Prey, the recent one that was also, uh, that was all native, but obviously had the Predator characteristic more as kind of the hook for that story. Um, maybe Shang-Chi, something like that. Um, Black Panther, you know, there's I think there's plenty of examples where a story has shown that you can portray a strange, or at least, again, to, to us, a strange, different world without having that outside outside a character moving into it but then again i think for wind river specifically i do think there's value in having that white perspective there or having that white character there uh also because he's not shown to us as someone who is not a part of that community but he, he is actually an insider you know he's close friends with the native family he has right. you know he had a native ex-wife he knows everything there is to know about this land and you know there's some there's definitely tension there i think that the movie addresses where you know it, it's 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 so, sort of questionable to what extent extent he is appropriating not so much the native struggle but more so he is kind of a little bit putting himself on equal footing you know where right he talks about especially at one scene where he talks to uh the son of the father who lost his daughter um, they have they have another son and he's kind of off the path with he's doing drugs and he's uh in, getting into all kinds of trouble and then uh he gets arrested and jeremy speaks to him and he's like uh you know all we have left is this land and then you know the guy's reasonably you know his 
responses like what what's this wee shit you know (laughs) (laughs) but um at the same time i think again if this was just all native people and uh just maybe the the white uh oil workers as like the bad guys or the drilling uh guys i think it's also it it, uh as kind of silly as it is to say it does ease the white fragility a little bit when it comes to discussing very sensitive issues like this a little bit um you know i'm not saying this is a good thing but you know white fragility i think is a thing when people talk about race or history or um just in the white fragility isn't exclusive i think to white people but you know it is uh people can be fragile about all sorts of things but i think especially when it comes to american history that's at least in my experience i've seen plenty of white americans being very uh (laughs) touchy about it yeah yeah um and so having that Renner character there also makes that transition a little bit easier. And at the same time, I think he um, he also kind of resembles a different kind of sentiment where it's not just like, oh, you wanna you don't want to talk about Native American issues because you're too fragile about it, but or, or something like that. But also because for uh, I, I'm guessing at least for a lot of Americans today, there is a genuine sense of regret, maybe, or grief, or yeah, you know, or some a genuine desire to make make this right. And then I feel like his character also kind of functions as this intention to connect again, or to have have him be a part in some way um, of their lives, and have them be a part of his life, and have there be some kind of connection or some kind of bond again that um in itself doesn't resolve anything the movie doesn't resolve a lot uh at the end of it you know uh you can argue that jeremy does save the day to some extent or he does deliver a small sense of justice but at the same time a lot of uh you know spoilers for the end i guess a lot of native american officers are dead by the end of this and um the daughters are still gone you know the grief is still there so that's none of that is resolved so yeah yeah but at least you know it does show some kind of intent that i think is interesting and also especially when it comes to western storytelling is kind of new i think um if you look at like the history of western movies you can see these different phases where you know, way back it was Native Americans were the enemies who were hunted by John Wayne or whatever. And then later there was more of a revisionism, a more grounded take and uh, more of a kind of white guilt-ish storytelling maybe even. You know, Dances with Wolves I think is one that is a great movie, I think. For, at least I think it's one that I really enjoy. But it's also one that maybe slightly romanticizes the Native Americans at the expense, at the, specifically at the expense of white people. You know, it's it, it's more like black and white where it comes to uh, white people bad, Native Americans sacred and saints and whatever. Um, and I feel like now there's more of a sort of grounding going on where both parties are equally humanized. And where now it's more about 
acknowledging the shared grief and at least acknowledging that the wound is still there and that that pain is still there and that it uh, it's not resolved by just simply romanticizing the Native Americans or by simply expressing some guilt, but it you know it right. has to be uh, I don't know it has to be experienced in some way before it can heal, I guess. Um, yeah, and that's specifically why I love maybe jumping ahead a little bit too far, but um, this is specifically why I love the ending to this movie so much because it ends on that note where um, we have the father sitting in grief. He's, he's painting on, painted on like this death face, which, uh, you know, Jeremy points out like, how did you know how to do that? And he's like, I don't know, I just made it up. And, you know, there's this, there's this deep sense of grief, not just for his daughter, but also you, you feel that loss of culture, that disconnect from his own past and his own people. But um, if you kind of see Jeremy Renner as the lone gunslinger in this story, I think it's fascinating that instead of having him be this character who then rides off into the sunset as he used to do, he is now a character that stays and just sits with him. Because, you know, that's yeah. literally how the movie ends. Uh, the, yeah. the, the dad asks him to, you know, do you get time to sit with me? Because I need, I, I just need to miss my daughter for a little bit. And um, Jeremy's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. And I think that's a very pivotal change in sentiment with regards to how these issues are approached and... Um, that without necessarily providing an easy solution or an easy way out, it's at least, uh, which may be a little bit outside of the reach of this movie, um, it at least acknowledges that we, you know, there's there's pain here, there's grief here, and we need to sit together and just let it happen or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. I think I think those are all um, very fair, very fair points, and it's. Uh, you know, I I would hardly <laughs> I would hardly expect any kind of white writer director going into a situation like this to make the perfect movie that's going to like perfectly convey. You know, it's it's I think that's kind of an impossible an impossible task. Like the the real ideal situation here is like, you know, you should we should be able to have like indigenous directors and writers who can to some extent like tell the stories that they want to tell if if they want to do that um you know and so that's something we can work towards but i don't i don't you know you can still critique this movie and like talk about what it maybe could have done better but like i don't fault this movie necessarily for not being that or or think that it shouldn't exist because it can't be that um you know so uh, I think I think it's definitely mm -hmm. definitely an interesting di discussion, but I think like it also does model a lot of it's a it's such a big leap, especially within the context of westerns. Like you're saying, it is such a step away from sort of the the history that westerns have with the kind of stories they've told, um, and and this kind of character. The, the one of the things that I think it does really well too is kind of grounding the the enemy here within like a larger context that i think is really helpful so 
you know, the bad we're already in spoiler territory, but the yeah. bad guys, the predators end up being not just one guy, but a group of white guys who are the oil drillers. And it's like, at least for me, it's kind of like hard not to see that like move as being like a gesture towards like insinuating, like the problem here is bigger than just like, oh, there's some, there's some terrible men who are you know um there's some terrible criminals who are here and they're doing awful stuff into this like expression of there is a much larger problem here of like the reason those guys are even there is because this land is being exploited by these large you know in this tradition of exploitation that has gone on for you know hundreds of years i i think the movie the best counter narrative that the movie has to its own sort of white savior that exists there if you want to call it that in jeremy mm -hmm. renner is like yeah he's like you said he's not really saving the day he's going in and taking out like one or two of the he saves the white woman who's there yeah. and he takes out one or two of the bad white people who are there uh but like he can't he's not really saving the day like he's not really mm -hmm. fixing the problem he can't really solve any of the conditions that that put this problem in place and the, you know he's he's just one person in a part of this much larger system just trying to do what little he can to i guess try to be an ally here and you know i think that's a that's that's a very that's a great narrative to put across in a film. And I think yeah. like, like you said, the, the, with the ending expresses something that is so necessary to some extent, which is just like not giving into sort of the apathy of that, of feeling of like, Oh, I'm just this one person within this larger system that I can't fix. And so, you know, there's, hmm. there's nothing for me to do uh you, you know i don't know i think like yeah the, because the counter side of like the the white savior critique is very real and um legitimate and one that needs to be discussed but like the flip side of that coin is white people just being like well uh it's not our problem and so i i don't know i think this movie is trying to to, yeah, yeah. to balance that to some extent um and... Yeah, I can understand the apathy there because it does feel like a situation that genuinely does not have a solution at this point because, you know, as the movie portrays, and I think correctly, uh, I saw one comment from someone who actually lives in the Wind River uh, Reservation um, who also states, like, uh, in response to someone asking about to what extent does it accurately portray native culture and he was like straight up uh yeah you know there is no more culture there you know this uh wind river is kind of as it is depicted here you know when we move into this place it has like the upside down american flag there's people living in trailers there's nothing going on there's no sense of prosperity or no no hope for the future for the people who live there you know there's no jobs no there's no really no direction in which a place like that is moving. 
and obviously you know you can recognize the historical wrongs that have been done here but at the same time I, at least for me as an outsider I, I don't see an easy way this could be resolved you know I think we're long past the point where Americans can be like okay you know what we were wrong we're gonna pack up our bags go back to Europe or whatever and give this whole place back Europe won't Native take America. us at this point <laughs> yeah. I don't think I think there might be room in Australia but <laughs> but anyways like I was thinking of uh, you know I'm from the Netherlands my country was occupied by the Germans in you know more recently than I a lot of you know, the relevant American history here played out um, and you know my grandparents they lived in the area where uh, Operation Market Garden took place at some point. Um, so they were actually like, m my historical home, quote unquote, has been the scene of gunfire and battle and that sort of stuff. Right. But at the same time, like, when I think about what I have inherited from that whole ordeal culturally and as well as personally, it's really nothing or at least there's no grudge or grievance that is at least i think by the average dutch person that's felt towards the germans um and i think it's also um or at least i think the reason for that is and which may be different in the united states is that after the second world war obviously you know our territories were restored mm -hmm. uh the germans they did like tons of reparations um and especially i think after the cold war ended you know the around the 90s the, with the fall of the berlin wall after that germany quickly became one of the most progressive countries in europe so there's a whole there's a very different way in which historical mistakes were historical events atrocities were, yeah yeah, whatever, atro yeah mistake makes it sounds like a like a whoopsie which <laughs> maybe <laughs> is a bit of to a light um but there's a very different way in which that was all resolved at least insofar as it has been quote-unquote resolved but i'm just wondering like or at least i was thinking about the way the united states can't really do that and you know they, they obviously can do well they can do a lot more than they have done and right. are still able to do but at the same time you know there's no fundamental reparation uh, anymore in uh, in the sense that I think for a lot of Native Americans, at least based on some of the comments I've seen, is that that culture is gone. That's, you know, they've been yeah. severed from that past. And that's also what this movie, uh, I think, expresses in some way, where uh, going back to the end again, where he has this uh, face paint on and, you know, not knowing what it means or what he's supposed to do, because he, as he says, like, there wasn't anyone to teach me how this works so that yeah that there's a sense in that there's something fundamentally broken there and then there's the question how what can be done about it you know I, and that's why i guess the the easy answer is apathy but uh at the same time i like that this movie as you said does make a case for you know don't do apathy just at least take the pain sit with the pain and then at least uh, pinpoints maybe some sp specific areas for improvement in this case I think this movie uh, 
did a lot, or at least I'm not sure if it actually led to anything, but I think it did do a lot for me at least to educate on the way these jurisdictions work and the way right. uh, law enforcement works and the way crime works in these places and also to some extent where troubles are. You know, at the beginning of the movie when uh, they visit the coroner, there's this issue where uh, the girl, Natalie, I think uh, the victim's name, because she technically died of a lung um, I'm not sure what the, the term was for it, but uh, because, you know, she ran through the snow, uh, her lungs started bleeding and she basically drowned in her own blood. And because of that, the coroner cannot say the cause of death was murder because, you know, technically that's right. not what happened. He says, you know, contextually, you can obviously argue that this is murder, but on the certificate, I cannot put this down. And then the FBI agent is like, well, if if you cannot put this down, I cannot get like a team here and because it has to be that it, it has to be a murder case otherwise the fbi has no uh yeah won't do anything about it and so there's a lot of these bureaucratic obstacles that the movie highlights in a i think in a very enlightening way um in the sense that you do get some idea of maybe where and how this whole thing can be improved or at least made less worse yeah um, yeah yeah it 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 does i mean it's not afraid to delve into some of those those technical issues which um you know kind of create problems that i mean just the fact that they send out they have to send out an fbi agent because the fbi is the only people the only jurisdiction there and all the fbi cares to send is you know this Yes, an inexperienced lady from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, who you know, <laughs> like doesn't isn't fully equipped to even be in the location she's in, mm -hmm. just kind of like points to the the level of literal apathy that exists, kind of in dealing with these these issues. Mm -hmm. While while we were talking about the the cause of death, I think it's interesting to touch on kind of moving maybe away from this discussion. Mm -hmm. um, which I guess to put a to put a finalizing note on, I don't know if if you have any final thoughts on that, but like I would just say, you know, it's we're discussing it here and I want to see media that is handling these issues as uh as well as they can and I want to see people who are advocating for, you know, telling these stories as effectively as possible, but also you know, I don't know the solutions. It's it's mm. complicated. It's hard to solve, and it's part of a discussion, I guess, is what I'm saying. Where like, you know, I'm I'm interested in even like, I'm not saying I know what is the right thing here or the best way to tell a story like this or what we should be doing in the future. Um, I can just see some of the problems and recognize some of the problems that people raise, and so. I'm I'm interested in that discussion and exploring that discussion. Mm. And part of that discussion and improving things on an ongoing basis is like people trying to make movies that do the best that they can and then other people critiquing them and then iterating and and, and moving forward through time. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just kind of part of how I see, see that thing. Mm. Wait, I, I think I have one final note on that discussion and then we can wrap that part up. Yeah. But um, also to kind of tie it back a little bit more to Wind River specifically, 
I think first off, it's not necessarily a movie's job to fix any societal issues. I think right. that's up to the actual society. society. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. It's easy to kind of there's a tendency sometimes to really nitpick on small movie things and then neglect that it's actually you know you you don't have a movie problem you have a you have an actual problem you know right, right. um but at the same time i think where movies can help is you know by educating enlightening showing those voices and all um but also i think specifically here is that um by including like the the Renner character as this um i feel like it's a very deliberate twist on the old western story where you right. have this somewhat detached gunslinger who goes into a situation that's where he has no real ties then he fixes some kind of issue of justice usually and then he moves on yeah um and I, I I feel like there's value in specifically taking that myth and and recontextualizing it because right. I think I'm, 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 don't hold me to this because I'm just kind of guessing here, but I'm guessing it's easier for uh, if you want to get like a message across or inspire some kind of emotion or awareness. I think it's more difficult to tell an entirely new story than it is to take an existing myth that people already have a connection to and then sort of nudge that into a different direction or frame it in a different light. And I think that's yeah, what yeah. this movie does really well, as we already talked about, by making the lone gunslinger someone who is uh, A, uh, aggrieved himself, you know, who knows pain, loss, and the meaning of that. And B, who is connected to the place um, that he operates in and also the place that he stays in at the end. You know, he's no longer moving away. He's now uh, trying to make the best of what he has. He's trying to make real connections. Uh, and he's demonstrating that he's also, just as much as all the other characters, has real ties to a place that you cannot just yeah. move on from. And I think that's... Yeah. Um, why I think this movie does work in the way that it's structured as it is. Yeah. And and there there's something to be said for the fact that that critique of that Western, that specific trope, that character that exists in Westerns and trying to revise it and update it and say something new with it wouldn't be the same if Renner wasn't like a white guy in a cowboy hat, you know, doing yeah, kind exactly. of the, the, yeah playing the role that he's playing um so yeah i mean i think it, i like this movie i think it works within the context that it's in i think it's just like it's interesting to have the discussion about what it's saying and how it's saying it and to um you know and to contextualize that with how the actual people being represented here feel about it which is you know there's mixed opinions some some like mm -hmm. it some don't Something that I I I want to get across in talking about these things is like I think these discussions are good to have, and I think we can have them in a way that's like not a condemnation of you know the media. Like you can talk about these of of the specific movie. It's like you can talk about these things and talk about what it maybe could have done better, or how it's working, or how it's not working, and even disagree about it, and still be like, oh well, we liked it as a movie, you know 
mm-hmm. it, it doesn't make Tyler Sheridan like a, t- a terrible person or whatever, you know, like there, there there's often yeah. so much like baggage that gets attached to even discussing these things. And I think it's like, that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. We can, yeah. uh, you, we can talk about it and have a productive conversation about it surrounding a movie and acknowledge, you know, those parts of it and not, but also not get bogged down in like whether or not mm-hmm. that means it's like a good movie to watch that we should be supporting or something like that. Yeah. I, re- I remember as, as one, uh, like, like a fun anecdote, the, do you remember when we were we once we once met in person at the Orlando Film Festival a couple of years ago, and I'm not sure because I stayed a couple of days longer than you did. But at at one point there was a screening of a movie that had the actor who also is in Wind River as the local sheriff. Uh, were you there for that, or was that just me? I don't think I saw that one. Anyways, yeah. Uh, that actor was there, uh, uh, Graham Green, who plays Ben, the the local sheriff in, of Wind River. Anyways, he was there because he played in a different movie, and he was there for to promote it. And someone like a younger men, member from the audience um, addressed a question to him, also wanting to bring up these more social awareness issue uh, issues and kind of talk about inclusivity and sensitivity and that sort of thing and representation and uh it was a young woman and she was she wasn't really getting the answer that she was hoping for because he was like uh, you, you know lady you know, i got a payday uh, i've been working since uh i've been getting steady work in this industry since whenever you know uh, i think he's been uh, going on for a long time and he was fine with it all, you know. He didn't care at all. Um, yeah. Not to say that that's representative, but I I thought right, it was right. just fun. Like that, sometimes people can project a lot of stuff on these things, and whereas an actual person might be like, "Yeah, I'm I'm fine with it." But yes, yeah. Part of well, that's the that's the funny thing about the white savior narrative. Sometimes yeah. part of how white savior a white savior complex plays out is white people coming in and being like we're gonna fix the situation by by Mm. properly representing people in our in our movies that we that we make and it's just like you know that that's representation can be very important but it's Mm. also possible for these very things that you're talking about and trying to critique to play out in how you discuss these things or how you try to quote unquote fix things with, you know, your movie or whatever it is you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's not, there's no easy, there's no easy like answer to this. There's no easy metric by which we can just measure a movie mm-hmm. and then, and then like check like good or, or bad movie in regards to how it deals with, uh, you know, representation or, or stories about, yeah you know, oppressed or underprivileged people or, or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I, w- I wasn't even bringing it up to make like a general point. I just thought it was funny. Of <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Having this, <laughs> this one person bring up all these issues and Issues-y, this actor yeah. being like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I've been, I've been getting yeah. steady work for 30 years. I don't care. <laughs> we're, we're, we spent, a, we spent a lot of time on this. There are a few other, other things that I think might be worth discussing. One of them I mm-hmm. wanted to talk about was sort of the, this movie's, maybe philosophy of justice that, that oh, yeah. is represented a little bit. And we see this in kind of, you talked about um, 
the fact that they can't call it a, the coroner can't call it a murder because you know she's running and what kills her is the cold air what actually ends up killing her is the cold air in her lungs even though mm-hmm. not calling it a murder is ignoring the things that put in motion that death which i think is like yeah. that's an that's an interesting point that i think this movie is making you know there's an interesting metaphor there being like you know you can look at the conditions of reservations and in the modern world and it's possible for like the u.s government to be like well technically not you know technically we didn't we didn't kill him technically not a murder uh to sort of like push off this blame but it's like but you're ignoring sort of the 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 common sense reality of the situation which is yeah but what set in motion the things which Mm -hmm. ended up causing this this tragedy this death uh and and is it worth taking accountability for that or uh, anyway so there's that side of it but then also we see this play out where you know jeremy renner's character very poetically doesn't go and shoot the guy the rapist he sets Mm -hmm. he gets a confession out of him and then sets him free and he ends up dying via the same method um Mm -hmm. which has this poetic element of like oh he doesn't actually he doesn't actually murder him he just lets him free and lets nature take its course um but there's a few conversations that happen here around this and it very much seems like cody kind of has this ethos or philosophy that he believes in of like there's kind of a there's a justice in nature that exists despite you know human attempts to like do otherwise i guess um and i I was just wondering what you thought about that if you think that's actually kind of what is like what he believes or what this is portraying um and then if so Mm -hmm. like how you think about that what you think of that philosophy yeah um I think more generally, I think it's it's interesting, especially on rewatching. I rewatched the movie today, um, and thinking about how it starts, it presents itself as a sort of neo-western murder mystery, but at the same time, it's not really that much of a mystery or like a murder mystery. You know, if you compare it to like more of a detective story, there's not really any real suspects or red herrings or investigation you know there's there's a little bit of you know oh there's some tracks in the snow and maybe that one other guy who lives there maybe he did it you know there's but from the get-go there's not many possibilities of what happened you know they established like okay there's one house over there where these uh kind of drug addicts live and there's the oil rig or the drilling facility a little bit further so from the beginning, there's not much. It's it's not about the puzzle, I guess. That's what I'm trying to say. I think the movie is not about, not so much about bringing you along with the mystery and puzzling it together. It's more about those contextual issues, I think, like the sense of justice that you were talking about and the way characters deal with these more circumstantial elements and uh, with their own inner emotions and um, grievances and that sort of stuff. It, it feels like to me, he's kind of presenting this philosophy of like, 
there's a justice in nature, almost like a Herzogian, like nature sort of supersedes humanity's attempts at Mm -hmm. like having this sense of morality or something. I think there's definitely a great deal of reverence towards nature in the culture that we're presented with here in this uh, reservation or this this place. Um, Early on, there's the snowstorm and they kind of, they they really talk about kind of that old fashioned way where you're not like, oh, it's not five o'clock, but it's like, oh, it's the storm about to hit, sun's about to set. You know, it feels they're living more attuned to the elements. At least that's what it kind of feels like. Um, And in that sense, I think, uh, I'm not sure if it's so much that there's justice in nature, but at least that nature presents a force that then tests the quality and maybe also the morality of the characters that go up against it. Um, Because there's this thing also where um, Jeremy Renner will uh, revere Natalie, the, the, the girl who's killed, because she managed to make it so long barefooted uh, before eventually collapsing. You know, she, uh, at the beginning, she says, or he says to uh, the FBI agent, you know, we, we cannot say for sure how far she ran, but I can promise you, however far you think she ran, she ran longer. And that's what comes back at the end where he says to the the guy who he who ends up uh, being the last one he's, he's he's being set free quote unquote and he says to him you know she ran this far i'm betting you won't be able to make it like a tenth of that distance and um i think that that's in fact what happens so he collapses you know having barely made it uh he, he's barely out of rena's sight you know right um so i think it's in that sense it's more of a mirror or maybe like a nature is more of a mirror or like a test of character and so in that sense it reflects maybe i'm I'm not sure if that necessarily is an issue of justice but more of a uh more of a personal character right uh, right. matter because the um, elizabeth olsen's uh, jane is her name in this story she also makes it out of this and she does uh uh she also gets praise from Jeremy Renner's character from uh, essentially having beat, having beaten the the forces of nature, or, or more specifically, because she was the forces of the force of a shotgun, which right. was uh, <laughs> belonged to the chest with. So yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, I as for the the issue of justice, I'm not sure if there's a strong comment here. Um, I do think there's there's always the interesting tension between getting justice in that more bureaucratic sense where you would, uh, you know, someone has done you harm and you bring them to the authorities and they'll process this person through legislation and, you know, the, the, this more civilized way. And that furthers the kind of the old fashioned way, which we see here, where you just pick up your rifle and do it yourself which is more crude in that sense but it's also it there's an undeniable satisfaction especially in this movie to the way that whole scene plays out at the end where Jeremy Renner is just sitting at a a safe distance with his rifle 
and he's just blasting these guys away. I think, uh, I don't know, I, that scene especially is just so well executed where it functions so well as a way to ramp up this tension where at first you have these sheriffs, the local sheriffs from the Wind River State or the reservation, uh, the tension with between them and these workers and there's a great bit where the one officer thinks the, the other ones are flanking them and, and, and Jane didn't see it and he's like ah oh, shit you didn't see it and the way that, that that whole scene plays out with the shootout very tragic but also very like a great almost like a Tarantino-esque um, moment where he's he's talked about tension in scenes as you know st uh, stretching out this elastic band until it just right. at one point just snaps um and that's kind of what happens here but then just the way you know jeremy renner comes in with this ridiculously high-powered rifle i think especially that shot in the trailer where that one guy's just blasted again and against the back wall that's just, that's just an, an an almost annoying sense of satisfaction to the way that plays out um because it just it, it plays into something I think is which is very primal, a more primal sense of justice where you feel like, you know, it's that classic eye for an eye. You hurt right. me, I'm gonna hurt right. you more. Um, so yeah, that that's that's a tension that I think is here, and I'm not sure if the movie really makes a makes a comment on it. Besides, maybe landing on well, I guess Jeremy Renner did do some good in this sense or maybe in this case it was necessary um which might suggest like you know maybe when the whole system is messed up maybe someone like jeremy renner uh is, is the lesser evil in, in this scenario but um yeah I, I don't think because the movie at the end is so much and also comes back to the the sense of grief and the sense of loss that's still there i don't feel like yeah. um it, it really lands on a strong comment in either direction or whether or not there was a sense of justice there because it's no matter how you look at it it's it's, it's always going to be undercut by the grief that's still there in the end yeah yeah no i i i think that's one of the best moves that the movie makes is coming back coming back to that point and the tension in that scene is great it's very suspenseful the use the the way he employs the flashback i think is really effective oh, yeah and i like that it, it like i think i think i saw uh him talking him being taylor sheridan uh talking about you know how he didn't want to like lean in he he wanted to stay away from the tropes of like having this long drawn out gun gunfight that's really cinematic and you mm. know he he doesn't give us the moment where we're like looking down the scope of Jeremy Renner. So it's like it has that gunslinging Western, uh, you know, outlaw justice kind of effect of like, oh, you're getting to see the, the bad guys get blown away. But it also doesn't lean into the violence itself as as a spectacle um, too, too heavily in, in a way that I think like elevates his mm -hmm. his violence as like. I don't know. I just appreciate the way that I think that whole sequence was handled. I think is is effective. Yeah, I think it's definitely when people speak highly of this movie, it's probably because of the way that final uh, 
act plays out. And I think one thing I'll also add to this whole uh, this this part where um, maybe not that much related, but what I also really liked is about the fact that it's Jeremy who does all the killing and basically does um, brings the justice for the dad character is that it it does portray a sort of you know they're obviously friends from the beginning it's established they've been longtime friends you know the uh jane is there is the first on the scene when he uh when she brings the news or when she talks about uh natalie and the dad is kind of aloof um but then um when jeremy visits you know he he instantly breaks so that that's such a yeah. great establishing there of their connection and also in the way that he almost not necessarily orders him but he kind of assumes jeremy renner is gonna bring some kind of justice or he's gonna send him out on a sort of on this quest not explicitly but more like with this wink and jeremy you know he instantly understands it. he was already on it and i like that sort of maybe it's just me i always have a soft spot for stuff like this but these kind of unspoken covenants between men or between people between friends um which uh i really like and which also comes back in the end where um uh, the dad uh, asks for this subtle affirmation that uh, the last guy uh, did in fact not get away and jeremy's right like, yeah he didn't and i don't know i, I like there's a there's a quiet connection there between them where there's so much that goes unspoken but at the same time there's a lot that's being said um, um, about the way these people have each other's back which i think uh, which i'm guessing is also a form of justice in a place where the institutions do not adequately provide it where there's at least some sort of justice in the community itself in between the actual people that live there. And um, I don't know, I thought that was just really nice. Well, that's it for this episode of Cinema of Meaning. If you enjoy the show and want to help us keep it going, be sure to follow us on our creator-owned streaming service, Nebula. Cinema of Meaning is a Nebula original show, meaning that here you can experience our podcast ad-free. Listen to all of our episodes a week early and get instant access to all of our monthly bonus episodes. Last month we've talked about the Netflix show Beef, but before that we've also covered Fight Club, Babylon, Avatar The Way of Water, the new All Quiet on the Western Front, Drive, and many, many others. So you're really getting a whole new catalogue of episodes. You can sign up directly at our Nebula page, that's nebula.tv slash cinemaofmeaning, or just follow the link in the show notes, and we'll see you again next time. <laughs>